Adam Hawkins just started texting. He said, I'm in Florida. <laughs> I don't work Thursdays, so I didn't check my calendar. Today's a Wednesday, isn't it? <laughs> oh, what a jerk. You're listening to Culture Matters, a podcast of the Village Church. This is Adam Griffin, and I am usually joined by Adam Hawkins, who has determined today that the beaches of Florida are more important, more beautiful than my face and my presence. So he is not with us today, but we are joined by Jen Wilkin and Paige Watkins, who are on today's episode to help us discuss education and how Christians can think biblically and live faithfully in regard to this issue. Jen Wilkin is a minister here at The Village, specifically with the TVCI, the Institute. She helps lead women's Bible class here. She really speaks into all our classes, but particularly into biblical education, particularly our women, and has been doing that in Flower Mound for a long time. She's also a gifted author and teacher. She's got a ton of great books. I don't know if she's got one coming, coming out soon. Do we have a new book coming out, Jen? Yeah, actually next spring. Okay, what's that one on? It's going to be a follow-up to the last one uh, that was on the incommunicable attributes of God, this one will be on the communicable ones. Oh, that's great. Awesome. Yeah. So instead of writing on something that's incommunicable, now you're going to pick to write on something you can write about. And yeah, say, this, I exactly. Can communicate. That's great. <laughs> so Jen's here. We're also joined today by Paige Watkins. Paige is a covenant member and deacon in Dallas, and she's been a big part of helping us in Dallas talk through this idea of education, which is what we're talking about today. She uh, was on a recent panel in Dallas that we kind of combined to talk about this topic, about how families make their choices about education. She also did a video for us recently at The Village on motherhood, which is really, really good, this theological idea of being a mother. Paige, how are you doing this morning? I'm good. Thank you. Glad to be here. Good. I'm glad to have you here too. So let's get right to it. Today we're talking about education. And I know for for you guys, which we can do personally, like your own stories, but for our people, which we have a lot of young families who are maybe making this decision for the first time, where will I educate my kids and how? We also have families that make this decision every year, evaluating how mm-hmm. is this school that our kids are in going and is the plan that we have with homeschool tracking the way we want it to and how Christians make these decisions based on maybe where they live or in the kind of schools that are around them and what they can afford to do either time-wise or financially. Either way, this is a really big discussion, not only that, but in the general uh, culture right now, which this is what this podcast is about, is culture. There are a lot of strong opinions about this. And so just to set us up, we're not here debating one over the other today, where Jen has done this with her kids, Paige has done this, or I'm doing this with my kids, but rather hopefully having a well-rounded discussion on various things Christians might do as they make this choice. It's certainly an important conversation. I'm looking forward to having it with you guys. So let's just start scripturally, since this is a, a podcast about culture and about church and about how those things interact when it comes to the Bible and education, when it comes to being a Christian in education, did you, did you guys explore that before you guys made choices, as you made choices, or anything in the Bible that really encourages you as your family has decided, this is what we're doing with our kids, this is the direction we're going? I think that we have to start with a broader understanding of what is our responsibility as human beings with regard to education. And I mean, you can't ask for a better passage for the Culture Matters podcast than the cultural mandate itself in Genesis. Um, when, When human beings created in the image of God are commanded to be fruitful and multiply and to rule and subdue, to bring order out of chaos, I think it would be hard to argue against the idea that implicit in that is that we would see education as a basic human right. 
right? So, yeah. And you notice that throughout church history, the church has cared deeply about education, not just for its own people, but for people in yeah. general. And uh, so, you know, as Christians, of all people, we should be concerned with making sure that a basic human right is available to as many humans as possible. And, you know, you look at cultures that... Um, try to subjugate a particular class or a particular gender even, and one of the first steps that they take toward that is to remove the privilege of education, to withhold that from a people group. So uh, I think that the church has historically been concerned with it. We should be concerned with it corporately, and then obviously we should be concerned with it in our individual families as we face these these, uh, very personal decisions about what to do with our own children. Yeah. I mean, for me, when I think about education, I don't so much think about the formal process of grammar school preparing you for middle school, for middle school preparing you for high school, and then for college, but the whole means, the whole person receiving knowledge and information. So biblically speaking, I go back to the Shema, Mm -hmm. to Deuteronomy Mm -hmm. 6, of impress these upon your own heart, teach these diligently to your children when you sit, when you rise, and when you go out, and when you come in, and this running commentary that's going on with children. Uh, and then Proverbs 1, 7, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. And mm-hmm. so that it begins with my view of Him that informs all my reality. That's great. That's awesome. Well, before we move on kind of some specific questions, I think it might be helpful if we just talk about uh, biographically, like education for you and for your family, what are the choices that you have made thus far, or maybe even your own personal education that would help kind of color for the listener where we're coming from, different choices we've each made. Jen, would you tell us a little bit about your family, your kids, what has education been for them? Sure. So first of all, I'm a product of public education myself. My mother was a public educator, got a ton of them in the family, my, my mother-in-law as well. And um, a brother who's also in public education, who was one of the first uh, members of Teach for America, if you're familiar with that. Yeah, Yeah, he was was in the inaugural class. It was basically like the Peace Corps for teachers. Yeah. Uh, And then um, we sent all four Wilkin kids through 12 years of public education. Uh, My youngest is a senior this year in high school, and they've gone on from there to public universities. I don't, is that a thing? State universities. (laughs) universities. No, that's great. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, and you know, I always like to say it sounds like we made this deep convictional decision, but, uh, a lot of it was driven by economics. A lot of it was Mm -hmm. driven by where we lived and what the public education opportunities were for our children. We have always been fortunate to live close to excellent public schools. And so the question of the quality of education they would receive there was not one for us. Whereas for my brother who lives in rural Arkansas, that's a real Mm -hmm. concern. And he's someone with deep convictions around Mm -hmm. public education that I would say I share. But for him, it is a very different question when it comes to his own children than it has been for me. I did not bear the level of risk that he will bear uh, personally, should he decide to place his kids in those schools. So, yeah. yeah. How about you, Paige? So we homeschool right now, and I feel like a more accurate term would be a parent-guided education or a la carte education, if you will. It is not my kids gathered around the kitchen table with Paige instructing them all day. That would not mm-hmm. go well for the Watkins, <laughs> the Watkins team. Um, I was a public educator for one year. I taught French and English. And our decision from homeschool for homeschooling, uh, it really was a process of elimination, I think, at first, is I didn't want to do the public schools. Um, that wasn't a good choice for our family. 
And then private school, I mean, the cost is really exorbitant for multiple children for 12 years. I didn't know that that was a good route. And then I saw homeschooling really well and um, tried it, again, kind of out of default for a year. And then year by year, we make that decision. Yeah, that's awesome. So for me personally, uh, I grew up going to uh, in a private school system from preschool on all the way through college. I went through the same denominational private school system Mm -hmm. and then graduated with an education degree and went on to teach some public school here in Flower Mound, actually the same school that Jen's children went through, the same high school. I taught there for a little bit. And so I've seen some of the the inside of the public school, the inside of private school. I've never walked through the parent-guided homeschool education. <laughs> I would not have done well in that. I was, uh, I mean, we can get into it. I was a rebellious child. I was bad enough uh, getting out of the house, a little and staying in the house. But uh, I've, I feel like I've got an experience with private school, an experience with public school. We've, uh, my wife and I, our, our oldest child will enter kindergarten this fall. And so we toured a lot of schools this last year, toured our local public school, toured local private schools, discussed with some of our homeschooling friends, what does that look like? What does that take? And for this fall, our, our kids are going to start a private school in our neighborhood. And it is expensive compared to public school. That's for mm-hmm. sure. And it is, um, uh, homeschool is expensive time-wise compared to what we are choosing to do. But uh, like you mentioned, Paige, and I think I mentioned before, hopefully this is a year-by-year evaluation. How do we think this is going? But for me, private school, and this will enter us into our next conversation, I really appreciated the aspects of education that came with a Christian worldview when it came to things that you wouldn't naturally think of, like history, like physics, like biology, like chemistry, having teachers who were admirable Christian men and women, for the most part, who would teach out of uh, the Bible on how this perspective goes. That was really, and I think that's what every parent kind of hope, well, not every parent, a lot of parents hope their kids are getting into private school education. Some parents absolutely are just trying to escape a public school or don't feel like they'd be a good homeschool teacher or are trying to get nice friends for their mm-hmm. kids. So they put them in, in public or private school, hoping they'll have a good influence. But I had a great experience there and I'm looking forward to seeing that with my kids. So as we talk about how people make these decisions, and how you guys made your decisions for your families. What factors do you think a Christian should be considering? What is a what is a selfish consideration, maybe a worldly one, and then what is a godly one? And what do you think are the valid questions that you guys really had to wrestle with as you guys made education choices for your family? Well, I think with public education, the first thing that comes to mind is that you would choose to place your kids in a system that requires nothing of you. I think that's sometimes, you know, it's like, gosh, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I'm not cut out to do this myself. And here are all these great people right down the road who are willing yeah. to do it for me. I'm going to outsource that. And, um, and that can't be the motive of the Christian parent for placing a child in public school. I would also argue that it is not a great motive to place your children in public school as a Christian because you want them to be little missionaries. Mm. Um, it's not that ultimately they don't become that, because obviously if you're giving them that worldview piece at home as you would have to and are commanded to, yeah. as they get older, it will become their message too. But I didn't send my children to kindergarten to save their classmates. I sent them there to learn to read. Mm. And and I and, and it was a school where that was going to happen if I sent them there. So yeah, I, I think you can't go into it with a naive sense of your children are going to be the magic pill that's going to change your public school to an, a, a, a subversively Christian school because of their influence. Yeah. And I think you also don't send them naive 
naively thinking that they will emerge um, with a Christian worldview if you do nothing to imbue that on your own. That's so a it's, great you got to be vigilant about it. Yeah. You can't neglect that saying like, well, my kid's in that school, so my responsibility right. is less when it comes to any of that. Yeah. Right. How about you, Paige? What were the questions that you guys really had to consider? Um, I think kind of an analogy of how I view education is sort of like teaching a child to swim in the sense of at first I wanted to get in the water with them and teach them all the strokes, be right there beside them and evaluate how are they doing? Have they mastered these skills? Okay, I feel good about where they are in the water right now. I'm going to put them on the wall and I'm going to scoot back a little bit. I'm going to watch them swim. Oh, they did great with that. I'm going to scoot back a little bit further, watch them swim to me. They did great. I'm going to give them more freedom. How would they do with an opposing current and sort of watching them how is their operating system? A computer analogy, I'll jump to the next analogy. Um, is their operating system whole with their view of God? Do they view God rightly before I bring in other applications and other skills? So that's sort of how I see our approach in assessing our kids each year. How much more freedom do I, can I give them? And that's not to say that I think Every subject needs to be explicitly Christian. You know, C.S. Lewis was a literature professor specializing in the medieval period. Yeah, yeah. Nor do I think math problems should be, now there's 11 disciples, they need 12. <laughs> How many more should there be? I, I don't think that at all. But to your point, Adam, of um, seeing everything through the lens of God, the rationality of math, the mm -hmm. human saga in all great literature, I want everything to be coming back to God, to God, and then even just the practicality of seven hours, I wanted someone to be bringing my kids into conversation with the Lord. I wasn't ready for them to go seven hours without praying, without thinking upon His goodness That's and good. seeing Him as the source of beauty mm -hmm. in all things. Yeah. When I told my wife we were recording this today with you two, she said, well, that's really not fair. This is not going to be a fair podcast because you guys are both super moms. And she said, people will listen to this it's and go, not true. Jen and Paige are super moms. <laughs> and so, of course, Jen could put her kids in public school and come out with kids that will change the world. And of course, Paige could have these kids at home. And she's looking at the Griffin house and going like, oh, but what about us? I do think there are some challenges that we have to overcome thinking like, well, of course they could do it. I can't do it. As if my insufficiencies and my weaknesses are not something to boast in the Lord mm. in. Uh, and I do want to get around to that. I, I think what we're touching on here is the challenges that each individual faces or each family faces are going to be different. Let's go a little bit broader for a second and think about what are the, the big challenges in education in America. You mentioned we feel like we've been close to good public schools. Right. You think education in general, like uh, the challenges that public school faces as a larger entity, especially in each city individually, may be different. Rural Right. School may be different than urban school, may be different than suburban school. What are the the challenges you see in education in America right now that you think families are having to really consider and think about? Well, again, I think there's the the question, the personal question: What am I going to do with my children? And then there's mm -hmm. the question of what is my obligation to children? Yes, in our community, and um, those two are not mutually independent. Mm -hmm. However. You, I, I would not say that you. I would not say you have to place your children in public school to care about public school as an ideal. I, I don't believe that's true. But I do think that if you choose to place your children elsewhere, 
um, that as just seeing education simply like as a justice issue on some level means that you will remain actively involved and concerned uh, in in the public schools that are in your area in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. And so, you know, even if, and I have a friend actually who I think has done a great job with this. Her children went through Christian education all the way through, and she mentors in the public schools. You know, she That's schools awesome. her children never attended. And mm. so I think that um, as Christians are weighing this, I don't think they have to see it as an either or. They can see yeah. it as a both and in terms of how can I how can I be a part of my community in a meaningful way that is um, serving the least of these and also do what I believe is best for my children looking at the strengths and weaknesses that I bring to the table, looking at their strengths and weaknesses. You know, I think within Christian subculture, we have a tendency to say, a good Christian marriage looks like this. And a good Christian family educates their children like this. And the reality is, Every marriage is two individuals. Every family is a collection of individuals who bring different things to the table. So I think that if you can make an honest assessment that is not grounded in fear, because mm-hmm. honestly, isn't that, you know, a lot of our choices with regard to education are fear-based. Yeah. And you can make a fear-based decision to place your children in any three of the options that we're talking about today. And yeah. my hope would be that we would not base those decisions uh, on fear, that they would be based on a loving understanding of our own children and of the children who are in our immediate context and community. That's so good. There are so many of these parenting choices that when you're faced with a challenge, you make it out of fear. And I think we've all seen this, and Paige, you can maybe speak to this for me, where based on what choice a family has made, they either wear it as like a badge of honor, like, look, mm-hmm. I was a yeah. product of public school, or my kids go to public school, <laughs> mm-hmm. or how dare you not? And mm-hmm. Or my kids go to private school. How could you put your kid in that public school? They wear it as a badge of honor. Or a lot of parents, in parent guilt, walk in shame over... Well, we would put them in that school, but we can't do this or we can't afford that. Or like, how do you, have you seen that kind of parent guilt or parent pride in those decisions? And then how do you think the Christian faces that down and addresses that in a godly way? That's so hard, you know? I mean, I think that it's just, it's really difficult to um, to have that conversation and not hurt people and to to speak authentically without sugarcoating everything, but then fully acknowledge There are different ways to do this. A Mm -hmm. family that I hold in the highest regard, they're urban missionaries, and they felt like to really be a part of this community, our kids need to be a part of the school system. And they did that out of love. I think what you're touching on is 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 good and right. What what happens with a family like that? Like that mm-hmm. is their mission. But the second it becomes this is everybody's mission, right. and that they tell like if you're a Christian, then this is the choice right. for you. Mm-hmm. Then maybe we've gotten beyond a value of education and a value of considering missional things and drawn something that God has said is maybe a wisdom issue into a rule or a law Correct. that says Christians yeah. will homeschool. Christians will private school mm-hmm. or Christians will public school. We can't make that, but we also don't want any parent to feel like, hey, if you've made this choice for your family, guilt and shame should be yeah. cast upon you. You should. <laughs> this is the burden you have mm-hmm. to bear now. You need to right. apologize to your kid one day because they'll be in... <laughs> the truth is, regardless of what choice we've made, there are mm-hmm. going to be difficulties with it, right? right? There are things when you're... When you've already touched on, Jen, when you're public schooling, you do not negate some of the one education for your kids, but certainly the spiritual education right. of your kids. Mm-hmm. And a private school parent can not go, well, my kid will be spiritually formed mm-hmm. by their school, so all of that weight is off of me. Or a mm-hmm. homeschool parent can't go, well, I'm, uh, I need to be their only teacher. But even you, as we've talked about this, you've said, like, Isaac, your oldest, you want to expose them to apprenticeships and getting outside your house. And right. there's no guilt to the parent who doesn't get the opportunity to do that and no shame in these things. Mm-hmm. And so as we walk through this, 
I do think there's a value to education for everybody, and I think every Christian should value it. But there is a sense in like, don't overvalue the right choice versus the wrong choice, saying this is this is the crux of the issue. Which way are you going? But rather, how are you Christianly making the choice, and where are we going mm-hmm. from there? And I think, to your point, in decision-making, what has been helpful for me as a parent to try to continue to do is to, to just first hold it up to the Lord and and for me to acknowledge, hey, is my pride associated with homeschooling? Am I doing this now to prove to the rest of the world, I can do it, I'm a crusader for homeschooling. That's not the truth, but rather yeah. I'm open to wherever he leads, not bless this path I've cho- I've chosen, but every year holding it up. First, am I am I willing to do whatever he wants me to do? That's great. So can we spend a couple minutes just on, since you're here, like you have experienced homeschooling, and there may be some parents that are considering it or thinking about it, and you have put your kids through public school, and I've been through private school, and my kids are going through private school. Not like a full SWOT analysis, but maybe we could just tell me, like, what are the opportunities you've gotten to see? Because your kids were in public school, and then what were the, what were the kind of threats and weaknesses that you really had to address as a family that maybe can help people round out this decision for the Wilkins that maybe helps them think through? It. Right. So I always like to be very clear up front that we did not have any special considerations with our children. We did not have anyone with a learning disability, nothing like that. And so that did make this an easier choice for us. I know that there are certain categories of kids who are more likely to get lost in the public school system, and our children did not fall into those categories. So we were pretty, you know, just normative in terms of the child you would expect to see go through. Um, you know, the things that I loved about public school was our ability to, to be around our neighbors a whole lot and around neighbors who were not homogenous, particularly, yeah. you know, before we got to Dallas, which frankly is more homogenous than where we had been before. Mm. We started with our kids in public school in, in a Houston suburb where 40% of the school was white and the rest was every color of the rainbow, every religion, every background. And so our children's earliest experience of public school was a myriad of people. We came to Dallas and they ended up in a school that was 90% white. It was Mm. absolutely shocking. And at that point, we had to readjust some of the things that we were going to compensate for that that being in public school was not going to provide. We had to begin looking for opportunities for our children to be around other people who had a different socioeconomic standing, who were different colors, who were different religions. Um, They did encounter, you know, Kids who were bisexual, kids who were um, openly gay, teachers Mm -hmm. who were gay. We had every, um, or just flat, you know, atheists, um, uh, hostile to Christianity. They had all of that. And we were very aware that you, we did not have the luxury of delaying a conversation about anything. Yeah. uh, That it was up to us to bring that worldview piece to play every chance we got. Now, one of the things that I think that Jeff and I are, are, strong on is that we're both active learners. We're nerdy nerds, right? And so it wasn't like the kids would come home and we'd be like, go do your homework in a corner. We'd be like, what are you doing? Let's talk. You know, I mean, we're like, let me in your world, which I'm sure let the me kids do your were homework. So, so pumped about. Um, you know, but another thing that I have loved about the public schools that I came belatedly to see was uh, the fact that they integrate special needs kids. Yeah. And my kids have so much more empathy around that than I grew up with. I mean, when I was in coming through public school, those children were off in a corner and you didn't see them. And yeah. we had names that we used, labels for those kiddos. And that's not a thing anymore in the public schools. And um, and, if, and for all of the bad rap that the self-esteem movement has gotten with kids, and I think it deserves a lot of it, 
I actually was pleased to see how kids cheered for one another. Uh, and I, that's not unique to the public schools, but I think sure. that sometimes people assume it's absent there, and yeah. we did not find that to be the case at all. We uh, we had an overwhelmingly positive experience, but clearly understood that our responsibility was huge in terms of having all of the conversations where they could connect what they were learning to their faith. That's awesome. Paige, mm-hmm. how about you? As you guys have started homeschooling your family, mm-hmm. what are the things that you've seen? Like, man, I'm so glad we're homeschooling because we get to do this. Right. And hey, we'll have to be really wary about this aspect of our kids' maturity because we're homeschooling. Right. Um, well, what I like best about homeschooling, I think, is the ability to customize. That was really, really hard for me as a teacher. Just the the volume of children I had and feeling like each one of them really needed something different, um, sort of. I couldn't. I didn't want to do a track home. I want this. This works. My kids are so different. I'm sure that you guys yeah. have already experienced mm-hmm. that. So to be able for each one to realize their strengths, their weaknesses, and customize a plan, and also to think about it in terms of we're just going to learn. I don't. I don't really care what anybody says. We need to learn. This is growing us as people. It's growing you as a person, as a parent. I can discern that you're growing in wisdom. I, I don't care about any of these. Standards. This I care yeah. about your mind and your heart and how they're connected, yeah. um, and that can be a real burden for the parent. There's a lot of sort of secret parent guilt with homeschoolers constantly saying, "Are we doing enough?" or "How's yeah. it going?" Because you're, you're you've decided to carry that mantle, right? And it's a heavy one. It can be really burdensome. Um, Another thing I love, just practicality, is I like slow mornings. I like to wake up and <laughs> and read. And um, my concern with taking the kids somewhere five days a week was, are they going to get the best of me every morning if what they're getting is me getting them up and getting them out the door and getting their lunches? And that's a lot of work. Um, I like it. Nine o'clock, we're sitting around reading in our PJs. Not every that. day, <laughs> but sometimes, <laughs> you, like you know, that? sometimes. And... Um, <laughs> I don't, I'm not, you know, there's no grades as yeah. a matrix of how they're doing. So what are the things that are like, hey, we got to be wary about this because we're homeschooling? Um, too protective, you know, and, you know, the parent thinking that I can be the secret master of ceremonies of all mm-hmm. things in their life. Yeah. Um, protecting too much, too long. Mm-hmm. Homogeny. We all look a lot alike in our little <laughs> I mean, we all think alike. There's this filter down system of... Christian education, classical education, and we filter down and, wow, we're all alike. Um, And so we do have to be really intentional about creating um, environments for diversity. And we do that. We do some um, work um, on Monday nights called Kids Club. That's a great experience for my kids to to be the minority. Yeah. do you, you feel like like I feel like a lot of concerns I hear from parents about homeschool is the social aspect of it. They have this picture in their head of this kid who has only been around adults their whole life, cannot cannot play or cannot <laughs> does not have friends that aren't under forty. You know, like right, how, right. How do you socialize your kids? Has that been an issue for you guys at all? Yes, it's certainly something to consider. We go to a co op or homeschool classes twice a week, and so they're around their peers a lot. Um, but what I do like is their parents close by. And so we're quick to jump in and say, that's not good. There's nothing good about this group of six-year-olds not being corrected in this unkind act. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's so many opportunities to, to quote, socialize with sports. And so yeah. that, 
I think in the past was more of an issue, again, of the homeschoolers are removing themselves from all elements of society. Uh-huh. It's not hard as a homeschooler now to very much let your kids have friends and be around people and see plenty of confusing things in the world. That's great. Yeah, I know for me personally, you guys could probably speak to this as well. There are a lot of assumptions about private school and what it means to put your kids in private school. And for the Christian, there can be shame of like, oh, we can afford to do this, but mm. it'll look like... We're making a choice based on we want to escape something as opposed to we want to get them to something. I want to mm. get my kids to Christian education or am I trying to escape the public school system? And there, that can really easily sink in. But there's also an assumption that private school means my kid's going to school with a bunch of other Christian families, mm-hmm. which was not my experience growing up. My my middle school and elementary school in particular, it would have been hard for me to find a kid in any of those classes that I would say that was a legitimate believer. That, mm. that just was not the case. What happens is typically in my experience is you got a lot of parents who drop off their kids thinking this is an escape from public school mm-hmm. or uh, parents who drop off their kids thinking this will make my kid nice or this will make my kid a Christian that are not necessarily followers of Christ. And so like anything else, like, uh, like a parent dropping off a kid to a church youth group, hoping to make good friends there's a bunch of other parents hoping the same thing. And so sometimes you're dropping off a bunch of hoodlum kids, mischievous kids who all need friends who are uh, men and women of integrity from a young age, and it's just not. The private school doesn't promise that, doesn't promise anything. But uh, what it does hopefully promise is there will be a Christian aspect to what we are educating, but it has just as many problems as everything else. So my wife and I are already talking about with our kids how we will have to keep eyes on uh, not only the fact that our kids are learning doctrine, but what doctrine are they learning Mm -hmm. at school? This does not necessarily mean that what their kid tells them about Jesus is what our family believes about Jesus or what another kid in the class believes about God is what we believe about God. And so like any version of education that we're talking about, we're not talking about the parents being hands-off once a choice is made, but rather like how do you need to involve yourself in what you're doing? And uh, I hope what we've talked about today has been an encouragement to the parent who is currently making the choice or has made a choice that nobody thinks this is easy, that nobody thinks there's like, hey, here's a good right choice for you, or based on what neighborhood you're in, the choice is made for you. But rather, my hope is that you see options before you of what the Christian can do, and in every option, the call of the Lord on the parent is still to be a discipler of their children, to say, like you said, Deuteronomy 6... My job is to put the things of the Lord before my kid over and over again, whether they're coming home from public school or whether they're already in my home because they're homeschooled or they're coming home from private school. And I hope that uh, the Village Church, I know this will raise a lot of questions for you guys, that this just starts a conversation for you about where you live, what kind of options are before you, and how to help make those choices. So Paige, thanks for being with us today. Absolutely. And Jen, thanks for giving us all your insight. I always benefit so much from your wisdom. Thanks for coming today. Glad to be here. If there's anything you heard on the show that you'd like to know more about, you can find details on our website, tvcresources.net. On our next episode, we'll have a discussion about news, fake news, and how we can approach the news as Christians. We'll see you next time. God bless.